0: and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did God give those to the church? He tells you in the next verse. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I wanted us to read down through that, not necessarily for the first part as much as for the second part. For the fact that the growth of the body of Christ depends on every member working together and doing their part. That's what the Bible says. For the growth of the body. And I've been really big on growth since I got here a little over three years ago. It's always been about personal evangelism for me and it still is. We've had some slogans over the last couple of years and a lot of encouragement to really talk to people about Jesus. But you know, the fact is that there's a lot more to growth than just numbers. Numbers are important. We need to bring more people to Jesus, that's true. But growth is more than that. It's more than the ABCs as some have put it, um, attendance, baptisms, and contributions. Some only see church growth as the ABCs, as those things. But, but there's more to growth than that. One type of growth that is mentioned in the Bible that is not numerical is when the Apostle Peter writes by divine inspiration in 2 Peter three seventeen and 18 that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. That's not numerical. That's talking about a personal growth. That's talking about a personal growth that each one of us should be doing all we can to accomplish at every opportunity that we have. Peter began that second epistle by talking about that very thing in 2 Peter 1, 2 through 11. A second kind of growth that is not numerical is the one that the writer of the book of Hebrews alludes to when he writes in Hebrews 10, 24, and five, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We grow stronger by being together, by studying together, by working together, by worshiping together, we grow stronger when we are encouraged by one another. We grow stronger and we are encouraged to step out of our own comfort zones when we see other brothers and sisters stepping out of theirs. Because when we see others stepping out of their comfort zones, and we know that they are, that it incur- then it encourages us both by their words and their actions, to step out of ours. In the congregation here in Shoto, we have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of years, decades of life experience in some of our members, and we seldom get to benefit or profit from the wisdom that they have gained over the years as God has worked in their lives. And so, As we continue to move forward into this new year, and years to come, Lord willing, I wanted to do something a a little bit different. I decided to encourage some of the men whom we don't usually hear from, don't usually see on the Devo list for different reasons, it doesn't matter what they are. Some of those men that I personally have never heard share from the pulpit, some of the wisdom and some of the experience and some of the Bible knowledge that they have. I asked them to please consider putting together a devotional, about 10 minutes, for the good and for the growth and for the encouragement of all of us. And I began with some of the younger teenage men, some of the men in the youth group, young men who are Christians. I asked several of them, but through sickness and and other issues, they weren't able to stand up on a Sunday night and give three devotionals like you're going to hear tonight or you're gonna hear two tonight. But we're gonna have that opportunity and they're gonna have that opportunity shortly on a Sunday night and it's going to be, it's going to be a wonderful thing to to watch these young brothers give their first devotional out of their love for the Lord. So then, when that didn't work out, I asked, uh, well actually before it didn't work out, I asked some of our older, more seasoned saints whom we seldom hear from from the pulpit, if they would consider putting together a 10 minute Devo, just really like to hear some of their wisdom and uh cheryl was due to give a devotional tonight i've never heard cheryl give a devo i'm sure it's a blessing but uh cheryl is sick tonight or else he'd be in front of you right now and um also ask sam who does so much around the church to if he would be willing to And both cheryl and sam were quick to to jump up and say yes along with charlie i've never heard charlie give a devo and share what god has done for him and some of the things in in his life and And Charlie was quick to say that he would as as well. So the way this is gonna work is on selected Sunday nights, maybe one every two months, six weeks, something like that, depending on how it works out, we're going to have a a worship service that's going to consist of three of those men, three of our brothers whom we don't hear from a whole lot from the pulpit, standing up front, giving a devo, and then have a song separate them, a song that goes with their devo i uh, tried this in other places, and, uh, or at least one other place, and, and it worked really well. Um, but I want to also, before I go sit down and, and we sing a song, I want to serve notice, I guess, is a nicer way probably to put that. <laughs> Over the weeks to come, would really enjoy, for the sake of the entire church, for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of each one as individuals, to have some of those men whom we do not usually hear from up front give a Devo to really consider it and then come a Sunday night where we do this. You won't have to stand up alone like on a Wednesday night, you'll have two other brothers giving a Devo as well. And again, it's, it's for those whom we don't hear from much up here or who are not on the regular Devo list and I'd like for you to consider it because I will be around asking personally for you to consider it please. The Lord needs you, the church needs you, and we all need to grow in our Christianity. And so that's the way this is going to work tonight. And um, we are going to sing a song about encouraging other people to stand up and to uh, serve the Lord in in different ways. And, And I want to use this time not only to have these men come forward and do these devos, but also to encourage all of us in our lives this is a new year, let's do some things, let's all step up to the plate, let's all step up a little bit more. Let's, whatever it is that we've been lacking in our service, whatever it may be, let's be encouraged by these brothers that are stepping up and let's us do the same thing wherever we need to. So this is meant to be exactly that. So we're going to sing a song right now, and um, then we'll hear from Brother Charlie Koblenz.
1: Good evening. I still have. I know. I'm sure. I have one big fan over there. Um, I've got lots of encouragement to do this. Gretchen told me on the way in. No matter how bad this is, everybody will still probably tell me good job. <laughs> Otter said to focus on one person, just not her. Um, Philip said, "What joke do you have?" I don't have. I don't have a joke, and and I have. In the past, I've tried to start announcements with a joke or something, but I thought I would start with my how my, my day had a really rough start this morning, and I thought you might get a laugh out of it. Uh, so because I fell in a pond yesterday breaking ice, I had my day started with pulling my insulated coveralls out of the dryer, expecting dry coveralls put on, and they were still wet. So that involved going back in, changing clothes again. And then, uh, I wear my sunglasses. I can't, I, I'm blind if I go outside without my sunglasses, especially if there's snow on the ground. I am addicted to sunglasses, and I, I tell myself and everybody that I'm gonna be able to see longer because I protect my eyes with sunglasses, and hopefully that's the case. So I have them on top of my head this morning because the sun hasn't come up yet, and I'm feeding them. Every, every day starts, I was, I was gonna say that, every day starts the same for me, but today was particularly worse. But uh, Because I start every day feeding Holstein baby calves milk and grain, and, and that's how my day starts. So, so my mom hands me a handful of very expensive Oakley sunglasses about the time the sun's coming up. Are these yours? And I had ran over them in the ice somehow. And it wasn't five minutes later, I'm walking around carrying my buckets, and I slipped and fall and land on my left elbow, and... 41 years old now, slipping and falling, it's getting serious, it is getting, it's, it's not the same as it, I I, feel, I I swear it was just a couple years ago I could fall and it wasn't a big problem, but you know, it's, it's more, it's more of a problem now. Um, so the title of my lesson tonight is a question, because Doug told me that good teachers ask, ask questions, so I, I, the title is, What Are You Seeking?, and uh, my scriptures are going to be from John chapter 1, verse 35 is where I'm going to start. We're not going to get there just yet. But uh, as you can tell, it, once you laugh a little bit, I, I can feel I, I'm not comfortable up here at all. And uh, if, uh, if you ever, I read, when I was studying this, if you haven't, if you never face a trial in your life, then you'll ne- you will never get to exercise your faith so Amen. as as poor as this sounds as this is the trial for me to stand up here right now so so i so but if you if you never have a trial you never something never goes wrong in your life you never test your faith so um <clears throat> i was asked to give a devotional or a lesson i wasn't exactly clear on what, I guess it's a technically a devotional, and was not given a topic, which that is dangerous for me. Next time I'm gonna ask for a topic. But <laughs> I said I could pick anything I wanted. And Gretchen kept me from doing anything political, which is my go-to because I was raised on politics. And if you know my dad, he wears his politics on his sleeve right here. And if he ever finds a religion, He'll be very good at, at promoting that. But right now, he's all he's all politics. He's still politics. Philip suggested I should do something on science because he knows I am what the world calls a creationist. And the kids hear me rant all the time on how the world wants us to believe that the earth is 300 million years old without any proof. And I... That, I have my... my I, I'm, I've annoyed my kids for so long at that that they don't want to hear it anymore. Um, but I, uh, one of these days, that is my next go-to topic. Will be, will be, how old the, uh, I, this? That'll be my next. If I if I do if I ever do this again, which I might not survive. So and uh, so I decided to stay away from anything controversial, and basically landed on the question: Why are you here tonight? Why are you personally here tonight? And um, so the question, what are you seeking? They are the first words of Jesus that John records. And the big question that he asks of these two men who are interested in becoming his disciples. Now, Jesus asked those two men. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and read from from verse thirty five in first John. Again, the next day, John stood with the two of his disciples and looking at Jesus, he walked. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? When he said to them, come and see, they came and saw where he was staying and he remained in with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Uh, Doug, Doug gave me a couple pointers this morning. He, he's told me to slow down and, and record it. So, the first time I recorded this, it was four minutes and 11 seconds. So, now I've got to really talk slow to fill my 10 minutes. So, so it's, going to get, it's going to get really boring. Um, okay, so I would like to apply the same question What are you seeking to us today? What is your purpose in seeking to follow Jesus? Are you seeking meaning and purpose in your life through Jesus? Or are you seeking a Jesus that is, that is there to meet all of your wishes? What we learn from these two men in this, in this, that they simply wanted to go to where Jesus was staying, to spend time with Jesus, and to gain insight into who Jesus was and what he was all about. They were coming to spend time with him, to listen to, and to learn We can learn from these men what it what it what it means to seek Jesus today. Seeking is more than just saying a prayer or coming to church once a week. And I feel, I feel like, I feel like, maybe this is. I got this from Kirk recently, but it's been said, it's been said to me many times. but Kirk said it in his morning – if you don't listen to Kirk's Marco Polo, and this is to my kids, shame on you, because they're all on there now, but they don't always listen to it. But Kirk's Marco Polo is, is, is a great way to start the day or even finish your day. But Kirk said when he started the iGrow series, he said, everyone thinks that they are busy, which I, I've tried to, I claim on the, I'm busy. Everyone thinks that they are busy, but the fact is you will make the time for the things that are important. If the Bible is important, you will make time for it. If the Bible is important to you, you will make time for it. Um, So only coming to church once a week and not seeking Jesus every day, somehow whether it's through a Devo, and we are so spoiled in this country now. It is so easy to get on our smartphones and listen to a Devo or listen to I, I, on my, I listen to Kirk every morning on my earpiece while I'm feeding cows or chopping ice. I mean, I, um, so we are we're so easy now to, to follow, to, to have some sort of time in the scripture every single day. We have no excuse anymore. Not that we ever did, but we definitely don't have one now. So, so coming to church once a week, this is what I come up with. I had, I had about three versions of this story, but I come up with this after basketball yesterday. Um, so coming to church once a week and not not doing something for Jesus every day that's that would be similar to a basketball team getting close to the playoffs and only showing up to the gym for practice one time the entire week and that's very true I mean you can't you can't get in shape once a week you can't you can't just eat a meal once a week so um, so I, I thought of, as the playoffs are coming near and the, I see a lot of basketball games I thought of a basketball team getting ready for the playoffs just one time one practice a week. It would not. It would not go well for him. Um, so, I have a, a couple of statements that I feel like I can finish with here. Um, you should. You should seek Jesus because you want to follow Him to start off with. You should seek Jesus because you want to be taught by Him, and you should seek Jesus because you want to live with Jesus. And. And. Uh, finally um, as I, I went through all these different things I, I want when can you carve out some time some extra time in your week that you're not doing right now and this is me talking to myself more than I'm talking to you when can I, we carve out some extra time to listen and learn from Jesus and uh, that's all I have I'm sorry if I didn't cover 10 minutes but uh, so Adam's going to leave another song now and the sound will be up next but just hopefully, hopefully think about some extra time we can
2: spend. The uh, title of uh, this devotional is uh, God's dividing God's dividing line. Now, Doug wanted uh, to know what this the title of this was, so that he could pick out uh, an invitation song that would be appropriate well I give him one hint so we'll see how that goes what does it mean to rightly divide the word of truth the Old Testament and the New Testament are the truth of God but it is important to know which one applies to us today In Galatians 3, 24 and 25, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. We must learn from the Old Testament. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16, be diligent to present yourself approve to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We cannot rightly divide these truths unless we know both truths. Many today uh, think that we're still under the Ten Commandments. This is uh, an example of not rightly dividing the word of truth. Much money and time and effort is spent To put the Ten Commandments on public land. In Colossians 2.14, it tells us when the Old Testament went away. Verse 14: having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The cross is of Christ is the dividing line. We hear so many today uh, making fun of being baptized in water to be saved. We hear things like you think you can be saved in a mud hole, or that you believe water in water salvation, or that baptism is a work and you, we cannot be saved by works. Many today are like Naaman they question the logic of dipping seven times in a muddy old river to be cleansed from leprosy. They question the logic of being dipped underwater to wash away their sins. Just as they, in the days of Noah, they question the logic of building a massive ship on dry land, today they question the logic of baptism to wash away sins. They fail to recognize that faith and obedience is the dividing line and God uses water to make the line. Men do all kinds of things to explain away that faith and obedience is required and to be baptized in water to be saved. They fail to realize there is someone that knows very well that water is necessary For salvation and that is Satan. Let me repeat that. They fail to realize that there's someone that knows very well that water is necessary for salvation and that is Satan. He knows that water is the dividing line between obedience and disobedience. Satan does everything he can to keep people from crossing that dividing line. Acts 7, verse 36 and 37 shows us that the Old Testament is our schoolmaster to learn ways God worked with uh, his people, and then God used water to save people then. In verse 36, he brought them out. We're talking about the children of Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out after he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness forty days. The Red Sea was Israel's dividing line. Would they obey and cross it on dry land? Hebrews 11, 29, and 30. They passed through the Red Sea as dry land, which the Egyptians attempting to were drowned. The children of Israel could look back after crossing the sea and see their enemy dead in the water, just as a a person who is baptized can look back on that water in faith and know their enemy, the old sinful man, is dead. 1 Peter 3, 18, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, putting... being put to death in the flesh, by, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There, there is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of flesh but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him when the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea their dividing line they could look back and see their enemy dead in the water and sing praises to God In Exodus 15, we have the words of their song. It's called the Song of Moses. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and its riders he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's (coughs) Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Then in Revelations 15, 2 through 5, God goes back symbolically to the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea crossing to show the importance of water to save men from their his sins. They sung the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, "Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty." Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifest. Did the children of Israel have a reason to sing? You'd better believe it. Does the children of God that has just come out of the waters of baptism have even more reason to sing. The Christian has even more reason to sing and hope. I hope we can fully understand this blessing when we sing praises to God. Christ is the better deliverer than Moses. The children of Israel could receive their promised land if they would stay faithful. It was a land that God gave them, a land of milk and honey, and everything was ready for them. They did not have to plant, cultivate. Just pick and eat. What about our promised land? If we stay faithful, we are promised many mansions that our king is preparing for us and without end. Do you realize that water is the dividing line? If you need to cross that dividing line, having been baptized, or if you need to repent and get back on the right side of the line, Now is the time. If you need the prayers to stay on the right side of of the line, now would be a good time to do it as we stand and sing.